Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. As we set our eyes on the month of December, this this month is, I don't know about you, but December is crazy. <laughs> December is just crazy. It's, it's filled with expectation. It's filled with busyness. It's filled with chaos. It's filled with, I mean, we're going to be able to be jumping into the, the, the eye of chaos right this week. Um, we're going to see some family. Um, and I tell you what, with 12 siblings, or 11 siblings um, and uh, spouses and uh, was it 20 plus nephews and nieces, 26 nephews and nieces, <sighs> all in one house, <laughs> celebrating together. There's chaos, and it's easy to get caught up in what we wish would have been, and it's easy to get caught up and stressed out and lost, um, but I just want to say, let's not waste a moment by getting caught up in that busyness. It's just to say, don't, I'm not saying avoid going out with family, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, don't forget the treasure that we have before us. God has given us something to be found, a mystery to be discovered, and a glory to behold. So I'm just going to read through a few passages. I've just got a few points. You got, everyone have notes? Yeah. All right, good. You guys are good. Thank you, H, for handing those out. Um, Matthew 2, 1 through 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born of the Jews? born king of the Jews. We saw his star when it arose, and I have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. That's a lot of people he's gathering up together to find this out. And Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no, man's, by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will, be, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen it when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. When, then they gave and opened their treasures and presented them with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Man, these wise men, they were seeking after God. I love how God himself led him to himself. He's like, here, I'm going to put a star out there. I want to be found. Through his star and through his word, he was found, right? Through the prophets, they're like, okay, how do we find him? The star led me this far, but now what? He says, okay, I gave you my word. I gave you the prophets. They're going to speak exactly where I'm going to be found, and they were found. So through his star and through his word, he was found by them, and they came to worship and give him praise. And this is what I want to talk about today. I want us to set our hearts to become treasure hunters or wise men that seek after God 
and find him and give him glory. We want to find him. We don't want to, again, it's Proverbs 25 too, that we've talked about this at Life Group, I believe. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and to search out matter is the glory of kings. This is to our glory that we get to discover what God has laid before us, what he's hidden. He wants to be found. He's, he, that's the wonderful thing. He wants to be found by us. He's not, I know we've, we talked about, I think Laura was sharing at one time that God doesn't hide to be cruel. He hides to be found. He's like the word, world's worst hide and seek player, okay? He's sticking his foot out underneath the curtain. He's like, find me, find me, okay? Like he wants to be found. What kind of God would want to be hidden? That's not God. Such an amazing mystery that God came down in humility, hidden and wrapped in flesh, yet he set a star in the sky and prophesied through his prophets long before his coming just for this moment. He wants to be found. If only we would seek after him. So I want to write, just, this is the first point. God's first priority is that we seek him and love him with all of our heart. With all our hearts. Seeking after God, desiring to love him with all our hearts. This is God's desire to be sought after, to be found, and to be loved. He loves us, right? He, it's not that we first loved him. He first loved us. He's like, I love you. I want you. I'm inviting you to find me. Discover me. Discover my character, my nature. Seek after me. And Holy Spirit is at work. If you're not seeing how the church and the world has been shifting it's work. He's, he is working at shifting and establishing the first commandment into the first place in our lives. I see it. He's saying, love me with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love me. That Matthew 22, 37 through 38, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And other versions say also with your strength, like Luke says, with your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. We must intentionally cooperate with God's grace in order to cultivate wholehearted love for God. He's calling us to love him, to seek after him, to find him. Because loving him isn't just like, oh, I love you guys. Like, no, it'd be weird to say like, you know, I think, I forget who I was talking about. Maybe it was, I think, Barb, I think you mentioned it. Like, if you had loved, you know, you talked about how you would love your husband. You're like, I love you but you're in the other room. And it'd be weird if we just stayed in separate rooms. I think you shared that parallel. Like, it'd be so strange to love somebody from a different room that you say you love. You're like, no, you go after them. You walk with them. You talk with them. You'd have dates. And that was, that was why it was so special. Like, that was what cultivated the relationship together. And I, I love that parallel because it really just helped me understand, like, a little bit more about what it is to seek after, to find, to discover more about, you know, about Thomas, about your husband, and how we seek after Jesus to find more about him. If we just left him in his room, like, I love you from afar. He's like, no, come, draw near to me, seek after me, love me with all that you are. Loving God with all of our heart is the first commandment because it is the first priority to God. It is great because it has great impact on God's heart and our heart. It is the greatest lifestyle to love him and to know him. We're to seek after God. We're to seek after him, to to love him with all of our hearts, to gaze upon the beauty of Jesus. You know, that Psalm 27, this is my favorite Psalm. Let's see if I can get Okay, there we go. One thing I've asked of the Lord. I think, I think you guys have heard this before. I know you guys have heard it before. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in a shelter in the day of trouble. I'm going to pause actually on the verse four. He wants to be in the house of the Lord forever. What's he going to do? He's like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is all I want to do. I want to just gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. I want to gaze upon him and gay, inquire in his temple. Ask him questions. Look at him. Get to know his heart. I want to know this person every day of my life and beyond. I want this. This is love, loving God. This is the example of loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Not moving away from this place. Not leaving like, you know, like we leave this building. We leave this building. You have no choice. We have to eat someday. You know, we have to, you know, we, if I keep talking, I can keep, keep you hostage for a little bit longer, but not too much longer. You still leave. But God's like, it's not about church building. It's about a lifestyle, placing yourself before the throne, saying, God, everything I do, whether I'm getting groceries, whether I'm loving my neighbor, whether I'm trying to figure out what to do today for work and trying to steward and love this person. If you're a nurse, you're working for these, these patients. Like, what do I do? Or like the little loved ones that we have, like, how do I love them? But I need to love you first. Help me to love you first, to not lose sight of you first. Seek first my kingdom. Seek after me. Maintain that place of gazing upon the beauty of the Lord. Asking of anything. Let's move on. Verse five, for he will hide me in a shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. He's going to keep me close. He's going to protect me. He's going to maintain that protection, that relationship. He's going to guard our hearts, right? He taught, we talked about in the New Testament. He guards our hearts. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. He will give me perspective. He will give me that because if only I would just seek after him. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me, because you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, O Lord, do I seek. God saying, come, look at me, love me. See me for who I am. See how much love I have for you. Look at my face. Like, that's one thing. Like, if you ever want to know that you're, like, you know when people love each other. Like, the, 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 I'm sure, actually, I was just thinking of you, Kathy and Fred. I'm sure you got the lovey-dovey faces. Praise the Lord from Christopher and, and I forget her name. Abriana. Like, there's, that, there's, there's, there's faces that's happening. <laughs> those are good. Those are, that's a good face to have. You're like, I, ooh. It gives me a clue on what's going on here. They're looking at each other a lot. They're hanging out together. Oh, it's a good thing. It might be a little awkward sometimes, but it's a good thing. <laughs> you're like, but I'm happy. Like, you're happy. Like, and you see the way you, the spouses, and I see the way you guys look at each other as you grow in maturity, as we all, like, we have different married couples at different stages in life, and as I see you guys look at each other, I see the love that you have for each other. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything. You can ask questions, but... You don't, have to, you don't have to ask the question, do you love me? No, the face says it all. And so when we say, Jesus, I'm going to look at your face. I'm going to gain confidence in this place of love. I know that you love me. I know that you love me. Seek my face. Like kings, we are seeking after the treasures of God. 
We're making the one thing to seek after God, to love him with all that we are. I mean, those kings, they came after him. God has put out things. He is like, I want to be found. I want to be worshiped because I am worthy of worship. I want to be found. So I'm going to, even though I come in this sneaky guisiness, like, I mean, for heaven's sake, no one noticed the star. No one did. The king did not notice it. The people did not notice it. They noticed it. I said, there's something about the star. We need to go find it. My gosh, how did they even arrive to that conclusion? I want to know. This is something I want to ask the Lord. How did they arrive to the conclusion that this is the king of the Jews? I want to know. That's, 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 that's a crazy thing. That's a revelation right there. Like, man, Lord, how did they get that revelation and understanding? And then they sought after him, and they found him. And it reminds me of that one guy who's actually reading through Isaiah on the side of the road, and then this disciple just pops out of nowhere and then just starts ministering to him and baptizes him and disappears. Um, like that's, that's the thing. God wants to be found. He's like, I'm going to put someone right in your path so you can find me. I'm going to give you my word, and I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit to seek after me. So he's saying, seek after me, treasure me, find me. And then point number two, the treasure of feeding on the word. Now, I've talked about Mary before, and I know you guys have known Mary, not Mary of, uh, not Mary of his mom, uh, Mary of uh, Bethany. Mary is known for little else in the New Testament, but she's never mentioned in the book of Acts or in church history. She was never known by people in her public ministry. Nonetheless, she'll be known forever for her extravagant love for Jesus. I mean, it's mentioned multiple times. There is a reason why. And I'll tell you why. Luke 10, 38 through 42. We're going to read through this slowly. As Jesus and his disciples were on his way, I'm going to read it through once and then we're going to break it apart. <clears throat> Excuse me. And his disciples were on their way home. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Like, she's not happy at all. She is unhappy. Martha, Martha, the Lord said, answer. I'm gonna, let me try it by the way I interpret Jesus' voice. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. Many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it is not to be taken away from her. We're going to break this down. There's Mary. What is she doing? Sitting at his feet. What else is she doing? Listening. Listening to his voice. She is a treasure hunter right now. She's looking at the face of God. Just let that settle in for a second. The voice who created the mountains, who established things in the order, the one who paused the sun, the one who has done all things for all people forever, she is sitting at his feet, listening to his word, now, Mary is mentioned a few times, but each time she's mentioned, she finds herself at Jesus' feet. Even with her brother passing away, what did she do? She didn't stand before him. 
She kneeled before him at his feet, that place where she found comfort, where she found vulnerability, where she is able to hear from the voice of the Lord. She's always finding herself at the feet of Jesus. Now, we talked about reading the word, praying the word, and singing and declaring the word. Mary is hearing God, the word of the Lord, speak over her. She's learning what's in God's heart. So when we, you know, when we read the word, why do we read the word? We want to know his heart, right? We want to know what he thinks. Like when we read through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we want to know his, I mean, what is he thinking? What is his standard? When we hear him talk to the disciples, we're like, you know, because again, we have Jesus' voice in our head. We have that. I think this is what he sounds like, and then praise God, he actually sounds maybe a little kinder than that. Um, we have like I have I used to have the harsh voice of the Lord, and now I'm like, okay, maybe he's a little more gentle than I think he is. Maybe he's more kind. Maybe he has mercy in his voice. Man, she's listening to when she's she's doing what we're doing when we read the word. She's listening, audibly hearing the voice of the Lord speak over her, declaring things, and she's believing in it. And she's leaning into it, and it's letting it absorb into the heart. She's treasuring it in her heart. She's discovering treasure in the secret place, that place before Jesus. And like Mary, hearing and learning from Jesus, we can read scripture that is meant to help us dialogue with God. So when we say, okay, God, because I mean, we can pray any way we want to pray, right? We can pray like, God, would you just move that tree and um, bonk someone in the head? I don't know. Like we could pray some weird prayers. I mean, that's a really weird prayer. Um, I just like, we can think way out of God's line of love. This is not his lane. That's not his, the way he would do things. Like Unless God's leading. I don't know. That'd be a weird prayer. But when we read the word, we can go, Lord, I see that this is your desires. These are your ways. These are your thoughts. These treasures that I'm gaining, I'm understanding this relationship, this treasured relationship with you. I'm getting to know you. And now I can talk with you about the things that are on your heart. Just like you would find treasure in spending time with your spouse. You find treasure listening to what they're saying, what they're passionate about. Mary's getting that and we get that too. She's learning to know his heart, his ways. There's treasure to be found in his word. Right? John 1, 14. We talked about this before. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is the person. I can't, I just, when I stop and think about it even more, it's like, this is the person in front of her face. This is the one she's at the feet of. Like Moses couldn't even see the face of God. He's like, I'm going to cover you so that way you don't die. But here he is right in front of her, like just talking with her. And she's hearing his heart. She's hearing the one that her heart has longed for, whom all of Israel has longed for, who the earth longs for. This is the voice that's speaking over her. And now where's Martha? Man. This is not to belittle Martha, okay? We want to love on Martha because I know we've all found ourselves to be Martha at some point. So let's give a little grace. And that's what Jesus has for her. But Martha was what? Distracted. She's distracted. She was worried and troubled. It says in verse 41, you're worried and upset about many things. You're so worried. You're caught up. You've lost the found, you lost how to find treasure in me. You've lost that place of intimacy. He's like, he's in, in a way he's correcting or similar to the way he did Revelations 2 4. Revelation 2, uh, verse 2 and through 4. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. 
I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary, yet, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You're not seeking after the treasure of my love. You're not looking at me anymore. You forgot. Again, this is God made flesh right at her doorstep, right in her living room, sitting there, and she's caught up in worry, serving. I'm sorry. I know a lot of us would say this a lot. I don't know. Maybe you guys wouldn't. I don't know. But when you just say, forget the dishes, forget everything. Jesus is here. Let's sit. Now, that's what I hope I would say. I won't be like, ah, the house is a mess. Jesus, hold on. I'll be right back. (laughs) That would be like, that's the thing. He's like, oh, that's the problem. Your things, your busyness, he's like, I'm not saying don't clean dishes. I'm not saying please don't do that. (laughs) Like, clean their dishes, take care of your home, be responsible. He's like, but here's the problem. You forgot that responsibility trumped, you trumped it over me. You trumped it over time with me. You forgot the first things first. You had a line. You're not seeking after me. You're not loving me with all that you are. You're worried that I'm going to come down on your house or like be ashamed. He's like, I don't care. I don't care about your house. I don't care about the way it looks. I don't care about the meal. I'm enjoying time with you. I want you. I mean, he never criticized anybody for smelling or having leprosy. He didn't complain about anybody else. He said, I want you. I want this treasure that can be found here. I want you, Martha. I want you at my feet too. He's inviting her there. Man, one thing is needed, he says. Few things are needed, right? And then he says, actually, one thing. Really, it's only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. One thing is needed, right? We talked about it, Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord to inquire in his temple. This is what Mary is finding out. She's seeing his beauty. She's seeing the love. She's hearing, experiencing the love of Christ face to face. This is treasure. This is beauty. This is what we can find. And he calls this what? What did he call it? Few things are needed. Only one thing. But Mary has chosen what is better or what is the, she has chosen the good parts. That's another version of it. She has chosen what is good. Jesus honored the wisdom and the power of this lifestyle by calling it good or better. He's honoring it. He's like, this is, so, this is first. This is the most important And this is another important part. Mary has what? Chosen. She's chosen this. Mary chose this lifestyle. We must also choose it. You can't have, I wish I could choose it for some people, right? You know, like, man, twist their arms a little harder. Like, man, Lord, love Jesus. Just be with him. It's like, I can't make you. I can't make you do this. He's like, no, you have to choose it for yourself. You're going to have people who are caught up in ministry. Again, ministry can trump your relationship with Jesus any day. Don't, don't 
believe anything else. Lord knows, I pastors have fallen away from the faith because they chose ministry over Jesus, which sounds so contradictory. They're like, no, I didn't. I neglected the treasure. I stopped looking. I became so confident in my own ability, in my own voice, and my own persuasive speech that I forgot to place myself for the first place at Jesus' feet. Like, I don't know anything. Like, I need this bread. I need the daily bread. I need the treasure that is you, this relationship. I need to choose it just like anybody else, not taken away. It will not be taken away from her. And I think I've heard a few of you say this. I think I, I know a lot of you have said this. This, those times with Jesus, those treasured moments, those, I put myself specifically and I read his word. I declared his word. I sat and said, Lord, this is what, I mean, Psalm 27, that's why this means so much to me is because I placed myself, praise God, and he spoke through Psalm 27 to me. That's why it means so much to me. It was because that time, and that has never been taken away from me. It's lasted 10 plus years. And she's saying, he's saying the same thing for her. He's saying, this won't be taken away. Jesus is prophesying over Mary's heart of devotion that would not be taken away from her. That her heart of devotion would not be taken away from her. Grace for a lifestyle of extravagant devotion could be sustained throughout her life if she continued to what? Mary has chosen it. She has to keep, she has to keep choosing it. Just like marriage I'm sorry, marriage is the same way. I have to choose to love you. Same with my kids. I have to choose to love them every day. It doesn't matter the circumstances. I have to continue to press in and say, I love them. They're not always easy to deal with. And man, I know Michelle's experiences. I'm not always easy to deal with. So praise God you choose me. So that's the desire of our hearts, choosing to be with them, extravagant devotion. This is treasure to be found. We want to be kings that seek after this treasure, this relationship with God. At the judgment seat of Christ, her life will be rewarded. It talks about in 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 14. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. There's a beautiful reward about building and establishing these treasures with Jesus. He's like, again, like, I know there's moments in my life, and I know, I would say, I'm going to actually just do a poll. Who of us have built some hay? Um, we, we've had some foundation of hay. That's going to get burnt up. We know it. Consume quickly. I mean, maybe we got to wood. You know, it's, that's pretty good, but it still burns. It's like, no, invest into gold, silver, costly stones, the ones that last, the things that last forever, the things that are not going to be consumed, that will not be burnt up. He's like, the things that, are, that matter, I mean, again, we know that. So we've, we experience that people at their death. That death, at the death's door, they know they're coming, and they say they don't regret. They don't regret a lot of things, but they do regret time unspent unwell. That thinks like they're never gonna say like, "Man, I wish I went to work more." 
<laughs> it's like, I will pray for you. Uh, now, they'll never pray that. They will never say that like, oh, man, there's so much that they have. They regret with family, regret spending time with family, the treasure that's found there. That's, that's a sweet treasure. Or they will regret, you know, not knowing Jesus. This is when some people come to know Jesus and fall in love with Jesus, unfortunately. But again, this is not to say it's too late. You know, we know the thief on the cross. It's not wasted. God did the right thing. Man, but Lord, I wish he would have found sooner. That's all my wishes, because I would love the relationship. But praise God, he's going to spend eternity with Jesus. So, But that's the reality. We want to build treasures. We want to establish. We want to find treasures. We want to build on them. And we just, it just, again, it is the glory. It is the matter. To search out a, a matter is the glory of kings. He hides things to be found. He says, seek me, find me. We want to build on things. At lasting. God has set something before us. He set himself before us. He has hidden himself to be discovered, to be encountered. This love that we have for God propels us into wonder and desire to know God. He says, love me with all your heart. Seek after me with all of your heart. And I don't put this up there on the slide, but Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14, he says, you will seek. He's prophesying over Israel. He's prophesying. He's saying, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You can't love him and not seek after him. Right? Right? Yeah. Say right. <laughs> no, no, I don't want you. I want you to agree. If, like, he's saying, Sorry. You can't just say you love me and not seek after me. You can't seek after me and not say you don't love me. You will find me. You will love me. He's like, it has to be love me with all your heart. Seek after me and you will find me with all. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. I love that he says, I will be found by you. This is his confidence. This is his speaking prophetically over people who are going to find him. We are going to find him. I will be found by you. The wise men found him. The wise men found him. I mean, the shepherds found him because he sent some angels after him. He's like, hey, all right, go. It's time to get me. I mean, the shepherds found him, but it was years later. The shepherds have been doing whatever they've been doing. But here's the reality. It's been years later. This is the wise men have been traveling for however long time. I don't know where they're coming from, but they've been searching after him. Long after he's been born, long after the angels have sung. Because the star in the sky, he's wanting to be found. He's like, I'm not trying to hide from you. But I'm also not tooting my, I mean, he's tooting his horn a little bit. Like, by putting a star out there, I'm like, but he's like, but only if you seek after me with all of your heart. They didn't give up. They could have given up and not found him, but they said, I'm going to find him. I mean, it's pretty awkward to talk to the king King Herod, and saying, where's your king of the Jews? That's kind of a really untactful thing to say, (laughs) you know? When you think about it, you're like, no, they are so desperate to find him that they're going to talk to the king and say, I want to find this king of the Jews. I want to find him. Where is he? Like, no, he's a little, I'm sure he's a little flustered and not very happy about that. I mean, obviously, he's not very happy about that. But that's the reality. They're so desperate to find him. It doesn't matter. And so Luke 9, 11, 9 through 10, this is, I think, our last, last passage. Here we go. And so I say to you, and it, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. 
For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. He talks about, he's like, which of you, your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, you will give him a snake instead. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't give Lloyd a snake, right? You, I mean, unless he, you, he likes snakes and then he asks for, I don't know, he's not going to ask for it. But you would not give him a snake if he asked. That'd be a really shock. Um, he's like, no, or if, if he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? He's like, man, even us pitiful fathers, we're trying our best. We, we try. We try. He's like, even you sinful fathers, even though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He is desiring to give, have encounter. He's desiring to give us all that we need, which is himself. He wants to give us give himself. He's, he's longing to be found. But he's like, the reality is you have to seek. You have to not, you have to, you have to ask. You have to look, inquire in his temple, find, discover after him, long for him. This is our calling and our treasure to seek after God, to inquire in his temple and to behold his beauty.